So that's that. Look, one new boy's too many farming and land up there by the swamp. City seen the crop dust. Not in the mood right now, Ray. Keep the crop dust behind the barn. It can't be that hard to fly a plane. Lots of people do it, Claude. They're oh. called pilots, Ray. I'm serious. I'm not in the mood for one of your fucked up plans right now. Well, I don't hear you coming up with no plan, nigga. My plan is on his way to Pittsburgh right now, Ray. Can't get right just got himself a pardon signed by the governor thanks to us. But we can't seem to do nothing for ourselves. Don't you feel a little frustrated right now, Ray? Crop duster. I'm not getting in no airplane with you. You know, I'm, I'm finally wrapping my mind around this whole concept. Oh, really? What concept is that? They threw us in this shithole for life, Ray. Don't you get it? We're gonna die here. We might as well head up to the cemetery, pick a plot, and start digging. Now, let me tell you something. My daddy died in a place like this because of that shit you talking. He gave up hope and hung himself. And I ain't going out like that, Claude. Hey everybody, here we are, Shugman the Mooney, episode 74, October 30th, 2021, Halloween weekend. You're, are you, you're not a big fan of uh, Halloween, Shug, are you? Uh, um, I'm indifferent. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of things in the news talking about how like, hey, do we even need Halloween anymore? It's, 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 it's a, it is a, a weird holiday, but uh, we'll get into that when we're going to talk about our first uh topic um everyone for like the last couple of months you go on social media people are like oh spooky like they talk about their uh favorite movies uh horror movies and everything mm -hmm. but those things I, I don't really get like freaked out by like ghosts or like the the serial killer and like monster stuff you know frankenstein is is scary because it's like science it's like it seems like uh it's, it could it's like plausible like they have it, it it could happen like you can have like a regenerate someone that's that stuff scares me so i asked should i go all right what's a, what's a movie that no one would consider a horror but when you watch it you get a little freaked out you, you get scared so we're going to talk about that uh but we're also going to talk about something that uh on uh was it two episodes ago or three uh show talked about dave Chappelle's special on netflix and when that came out i watched it I didn't really get a chance to give my full response on, about the my, my criticism on it and my positive response to it. But even after all these weeks, there's still things in the news talking about it. Uh, there was a Netflix walkout, so we're going to talk about that. I'm very interested to hear uh, what, what movie uh, were you going to bring up? Yeah, well, like the the example you had given me, I was like, well, it's it was like a thriller, mm. and you know, as a cinephile, I kind of like conflate horror and like thrillers into the same thing and suspense movies and stuff like that. So I kind of like went outside of the box because it's funny. Like one of my favorite movies, like I feel like every other week in college we used to watch it, Life with eddie murphy oh so it was like a discussion this week about it's like quotability and i'm like 
and people were pushing out like all of his favorite quotes on all their favorite quotes on the movie. And you know, obviously, like that's literally one of those movies where like I could act out like I, I know it like front to back. So somebody like responded to the initial tweet, which was from you know, Trill Weathers, Tal I am on Twitter. Uh, what he was talking about life, and one of the responses was like, "Yeah, it's like the best like funny horror movie ever." And it's like funny because like if you're black, like it's really scary, and I'll give you the reasons why. Uh, if it was remade into like a serious film, basically the same plot, it would probably be like a hor- It would be horrifying. Like first of all, you're black in the 1930s, so that's scary. You're wrongly accused. In the 1930s South, which is while being black, which is like super scary. If you know, the, if, if you've seen the history of, you know, black people being lynched after being accused um, more often than not wrongly, we'll never know because, you know, they 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 the 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 odds were like stacked against them and the media and the criminal justice system was stacked against them even more back then than they are today. Um, but I, I think of it kind of like a horror movie in the sense that they went to, to prison because um, one of them lost a card game, lost his father's watch, which was like his only like hand-me-down from his father. So it was kind of like his birthright. And come to find out like the person that he lost it, to was like cheating so he's going to like confront that person and that person actually got murdered before he could confront him and he found like his body and the sheriff found them with the dead body and come to find out like the sheriff is the one that killed the man and pinned it on them so they ended up going to jail because you know the overwhelming evidence of just being black and being in the wrong place at the wrong time um, convicted them and while they were in jail they were sentenced to life uh, which you know as we know means you're gonna die in there like live out the rest of your, your years and they were like in their like 30s and they they had so many like failed like escape attempts it had like foiled pardons such as um, Claude's cousin Claude who was played by Martin Lawrence Claude's cousin, he tells his fiance to go talk to his cousin to, you know, whip up a pill, you know, to try to get him out. His fiance goes, falls in love with the cousin. They totally forget about him. So that's a dead end. Then this really good baseball player who's like mute, can't get right. Mm-hmm. He's really good at baseball and they, they take care of him and kind of like nurture him and stuff like that. And this was during the 40s, so the Negro Leagues sent a scout to come look at him. And they see that as an opportunity to get out of jail. And what happens is, um, because they try to say, like, oh, they're his handlers. Like, you know, he can't, he, his name is Karen Getray, so he can't do really anything for himself. So they try to do it that way. And then um, in between him getting signed, and, you know, them trying to, you know, talking to the scout about, you know, making him part of, making them two part of Can't Get Rice release. Um, one of the other prisoners who's in jail 
like I guess he became gay in jail. He was always gay, and he got really got the like in on where we got to be himself while he was in jail. So he got his release papers, and he was just scared to go back to his mom now that he's gay. And what he does is like suicide by cop. He crosses the line where they shoot you if you cross that line in order to kill himself, um, rather than, um rather than going home as a gay man when he was literally about to get released. Like he, he thought, you know, dying gay would be better and living out his days, you know, with his mom knowing how he was gay. Mm-hmm. So that was like a really sad part in like such a like serious movie. And then, you know, while they're in their grief, they learn from, um, they learn from the scout that like the only release and can't get right. He didn't, he wasn't able to get their releases. So that's another dead end. And then um, they don't talk to each other, talk to each other for years. Cause that was the last one. And Ray, who was played by Eddie Murphy, he attempts to, to escape so many times by himself and he fails. And fast forward to 1970 to the seventies, the old men, they get transferred to work um, you know, obviously at this point they're not youthful, so they don't seem to be like tr- threats. So they send them to work in a superintendent, you know, who I guess is like the warden of like the prison camp. Mm-hmm. And he goes on a hunting trip, unbeknownst to them, the person he's hunting with is a person, the sheriff who framed them for the murder. And it's like a tense moment where um Ray and Claude, like, well, mostly Ray confronts the sheriff for framing them. And the superintendent, like, sees that, yeah, like, they were innocent. And um, he kills him because it was, like, a very tense, like, situation. And they play it off like it's a, they they cover it off as, like, a hunting accident. And then he tells Ray and Claude that he was going to draw up their papers to try to see if he could get them free. He, tr- he tries to, like, he says in the morning he's going to drop the papers. Like, he was just, like, so tired and overwhelmed by the whole incident that he, you know, he just says, all right, I'm going to just go off to bed. And then come to find out the next morning, like, he died on the toilet, had a heart attack and died. So that was, like, their last chance. And they ended up escaping. Like, but when they escaped, like, they were, like, old like they were in like their 80s or 90s and you know it's a it's 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 a feel-good moment because you see them at yankee stadium but it's like in reality if you think about it it's like yeah they probably were only free for like maybe like one or two years after that because they were old they probably ended up dying so they literally spent their whole life in jail and um i thought of it, it like it would be like shawshank redemption which is like a stephen king um novel and you know that was turned into a movie because it it also seemed like fate was keeping them like in prison for life for some reason or another. They just made them suffer. And that in of itself to me is like horrifying. So that's why that one was like my movie. I'm um, pleasantly surprised by that because um, my initial idea of this, I think we, we probably talked about this in, in the past that like pr- prison movies like scare me. You know, that was always like my uh frightening like having your like freedom taken away uh life is a i thought you're gonna say like if you said prison movie you, you would have said show us redemption like like you brought up at the end but life is a interesting choice because 
man, I, every, I used to watch that all the time uh, when that came out. Uh, when that came out, um, that Rush Hour and like Friday, the Friday series, those movies were like a good Friday night movie just to put on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it'd just be like, damn, like, it's like not like, like all these setbacks, like life. Like there's so many like dead ends and sometimes in life. Yeah. And then at the end, where you know it works out, but not the way you wanted. Um, but that's a good choice because uh, I was initially going to say like some type of prison movie because uh, the idea of like your freedom being taken away is like unbelievable. Um, it's not a prison movie, um, but uh, and aside to that, there's a scene in uh, Clockers, mm-hmm. um, and that 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 terrifies me with. Uh, uh what's his name again Wash, uh washington uh when he's like crying and like he like because he like telling his mind like he killed someone like the idea of like real life stuff like that is scary not like spirits and all these other things yeah, it's realistic because it's like yeah but it's like terrifying here. yeah um but that, that, that's more scarier than like oh michael myers is gonna like pop out of my closet oh, i'm glad i didn't wear the michael myers shirt i don't uh, why would i wear a serial killer but uh uh oh yeah a, a very a homophobic serial killer apparently <laughs> oh i didn't watch a new one but, but yeah, i don't know well maybe we'll get into that yeah, um, like a big thing. <laughs> is it oh yeah because like uh, i guess like um in this new one they um i haven't seen it but the new mm-hmm. halloween movies it's like they ignore every other movie after like the original halloween and just go straight to this movie like even mm-hmm. the ones that jamie lee curtis was in so mm-hmm. they had the first one, the Halloween, and this one is what Halloween kills. Yeah. And apparently, like the house from the first movie, like a gay couple moved into it, and he kills them because yeah. he goes to the house and he kills them. And people were like, "Oh, so Michael Myers is like homophobic because he kills?" And I was just like, "I thought Michael Myers was just like people phobic, like because he kills everybody." People phobic. People phobic. kill black right. women. Uh, yeah, women, men, women, black, white. No, nope. no lives matter. Discriminative, fat, skinny. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, you don't have an mo. Just yeah, in his that, way. Like, if, if he wants Larry, Lori Strode, like, and you get in his way, he kills you. Gay, straight, uh, bi. Uh, what do you call like, that? You don't care. Uh, opportunity. Yeah. Uh, I that, that's interesting. Um, yeah. But of, of oh, course, yeah, that's what yeah, the next. No, I, that's what the next yeah, thing. We yeah. can. That's an, an aside, and we can lead into the thing. Um, I'm glad I came up with something else because I, I didn't want to bring up like a one of those prison movies. Uh, I came up with this today at work. Um, Twelve Monkeys. Yeah. Have you ever seen Twelve Monkeys? I'm familiar with it. I haven't seen it. Okay, so Twelve Monkeys came out in the mid '90s. Um, it's like a dystopian uh sci-fi movie but like realistic think um david uh like uh it's it's like french so it's kind of like a fifth element but it's also like realistic um the plot of it starts off and it's everyone's in like cages and like they're in like cells there's it's like a bureaucratic um you have to like you know sign out to like go out into the into the real into the world and there was a um a virus was spread and you don't know how it happened in the beginning. And like, there's a scene where like, they're in like, I believe it's New York or Chicago and you, the animals are back. Mm-hmm. Um, like wild animals. And it's like snowing constantly. It's like oh, the climate change and everything. 
uh, and it's Bruce Wells. And he, he's like, he grew up in like, um, I guess it's supposed to be like us or maybe like someone born in like 2000, but at 40, so like 2040. And he sent out there to find out what happened. Uh, and he goes out there, uh, looks around and his job is just to, you know, see, um, try to find like uh, the facts of like, how did this disease or this virus happen? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, of course, it's sci-fi. Sci-fi is very, uh, you know, very great for like uh, allegories and stuff. But he goes back in time. There's like a time machine, but it's like very crude, very realistic, where like they don't know exactly where you're going to go back in time it's not like back to the future where like you type in like an actual date and time they just send you back and he accidentally goes back to like world war one and there's like the mustard gas like he's like he's fighting people he's like running around like um in like france during 19 like 14 and uh then he gets he gets sucked back somehow um but the, the main plot is 1995 bruce willis is walking around uh, his his mission because it's like um your you know, your mission is to find out when exactly this virus was uh, started like it, that's like your job and um and it's like really realistic it's it's like pre matrix but it seems kind of like like matrix fight club uh, but he he meets someone and she's a social worker and he's like homeless because like. They send him back in time and he's just like wandering around and he seems like he's um, like, a, like a mental patient. Mm-hmm. So he gets sent to a sanitarium, uh, which is like realistic where like, imagine a guy down the street saying, I'm from the future. I'm here to save the, save the world. Mm-hmm. And people are like, all right, he's, this guy's crazy, you know? So it's like, there could be someone who like, hey, I'm actually from the future, but like, um, so that, that's like a it's very same thing with like life where it's like a prison thing um but it's 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 very interesting because um i brought i brought it up because of you know the last year and a half the pandemic and everything and things like can change like overnight our you know our life changed um and the movie came out in 95 96 and by the end i'm not gonna no not spoilers but you find out that Bruce Willis was there in the airport and uh, a domestic terrorist dropped. He, 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 uh, ex- he, uh, he let the virus out as like a F to the world or whatever. And it's basically a loop because like the show Bruce, Bruce Willis is looking at himself and then it just ends. And it's like really, really, I don't want to, it's not really a spoiler, but it's, it's really creepy where it's like he he was sent back to save it but there was no there was no chance to save it right. um yeah so that, that that always freaked me out because you never know like it's the um what do they call it it's the the what you call the 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 inevitable outcome or something like the hmm. the fallacy of the inevitable outcome or or it's, it's something else like the like a phrase like that yeah, but it's, it's like it's, things are destined to end that way, and you don't like. There's no way to change it. It's like we, if you, if I saw that movie in theater, in the theater, mm-hmm. it would just, it, it just ends, and you're like, 
Okay. Or the, the, the theory of the predetermined outcome. Ah, okay. so it's more of a, like a, um, a baseball thing where it's just mm. like if they say like, okay, um, all right, if they traded for this guy, like this reliever, you know, he has a history of getting this person not like screwed them out of like getting into the World Series. He has a history of getting that guy out. Like, and it's like the, the GM – you know, which is something we're familiar with at this moment, was just like, no, nah, like, it costs too much, we can't do this, da-da-da-da-da, and then come to the World Series, I mean, to that game that could get, you know, let's say it's Game 7 and ALCS, and that guy hits, like, a grand slam with two outs, and you're like, oh, well, if they would have traded for this guy, like, it would have happened, but it's like, yeah, but you know, perhaps if they traded this guy, they wouldn't end up playing this team. Or if they traded this guy, he would have sucked. So they wouldn't. It wouldn't matter anyways. But that just assumes like the predetermined outcome that this moment was destined to happen like this. Yeah, you can't uh, fight. You can't really. Um, you can't fight like destiny and all that. Uh, also, Brad Pitt's in it, and you think again. These aren't really spoilers, and the movie's been out for like twenty five years. But you think he's like the villain. Uh, he's just another. Um, he he he's someone in the uh, mental institution. You think he's like the villain, but mm-hmm. he's just like delusional and stuff. Um, like the real villain was like a very sophisticated. He was like planned, and he he had like a, the vial and stuff. And it's very like creepy where the way he like puts it out in in an airport, right. and it spreads around the world. Um, but Bruce Willis in it uh, did a great job of. of um, he like acted like a kid it was it's like because like his the world end like kind of like ended or whatever and then they went to this new um post-apocalyptic world and he still acted like a kid and he was like like it was like frustrating to watch him um but it just it's scary to me because there could be people like hey hey maybe he is from the future man you know like you know and it's just like mental the mental health is like very uh critical in this in this um in this film like that picture um, with the the dude, like about, in a. You ever seen our picture with that dude in like the thirties, and he had on like, shade. He had on like sunglasses and like a cardigan, and he looked very much like a dude from Brooklyn, like today. Yeah. But it's like a picture from the nineteen thirties. There's a there's a there's a scene, uh, when he goes back to World War One, um, it's like a really quick, boom, like he gets. So it's really creepy. It's like uh, not steampunk, but it's like very like like crude technology he gets sent back and his buddy is there who's also in like the the the, the modern like the the current time and he's like also part of the uh bureaucracy or whatever yeah. and he's like what are you doing here and like um he gets he gets like shot and there's like a there's like a it's like really creepy like, you know the gas mask the uh, mustard gas mask when like because like uh they, they would do the chemical warfare back in world war one mm-hmm. uh there's like a photographer for like whatever like some magazine he takes the picture and then in in the 90s in like life magazine there's a picture of like bruce Willis there mm-hmm. like ex- same exact thing where it's like is that you like like she like looks the guy the girl looks um looks and he's in the magazine and it's like 1914 um so it's very cool very very not creepy but just um realistic uh and, and then you know i don't want to do 
too many examples, but uh, another, uh, like Children of Men is also really creepy like that to me. Um, very dystopian sci-fi. I've been in the mood for sci-fi because I saw uh, Dune last week, the new Dune. Very realistic, like this could happen. Um, but I'm just glad I, I, I chose well, something a little different, but, but I completely agree with you. Life, that movie Life, uh, it's hysterical. Like uh, the, the, the bloopers, this isn't my daddy's watch <laughs> at the yeah. end. Um, but the whole idea of like someone like taking your, like your freedom away and there's like nothing you, you try so many times and you get setbacks and everything um we're gonna we're, we're gonna change this we're we're gonna make this right and then like he dies um very underrated movie i'm surprised like no one really talks about that no one really talks about uh the movie life uh but yeah but like the typical halloween movies people always talk about yeah you know i want to do something a little different uh this halloween yeah um, shout out to a person on twitter i don't want to you know take your idea yeah. but I, I i never really thought of it like that i mean a movie i mean as a kid i was it came out when i was like nine and i remember i saw it in the movies and a little part of me was a little scared like oh. yeah mm. a little a little part of me was like a little scared of it was like damn like they didn't even do this and they went to jail and <laughs> as i grow up i see it as literally like a true story Okay, so uh, here on Shogun and Mooney, we talk about a lot of comedy. Uh, we both have a passion for like stand-up comedy. We um, we have similar uh, favorites, um, and one of it, one of them is uh, Dave Chappelle. And a few weeks ago, uh, he had a Netflix special. He's had a series of Netflix specials. It was a big deal. Uh, this was like kind of like the the last one in like the in in the deal. Uh, it was kind of like how he, when he walked away from his Comedy Central show series, uh, like he left a lot of money on the table. And it, that, that was almost 20 years ago. It was like 15 plus years ago. And this Netflix deal um, kind of was like a continu- continuation of the show. Um, so very personal very like personal uh sets like it's not just killing them killing them softly was kind of like set up joke set up joke silly stuff but with deep undertone uh like like messages but this was in his new netflix special that came out a couple weeks ago it was i don't want to say the word the word sermon but it was very him. It was him doing a speech. It was him directly speaking to us, and he also addressed a community, the LGBTQ plus community, because uh, he got backlash previously for other sta- statements he made. Show talked about it on one of the episodes uh, that I was not not on. Um, but when I watched it, it made a lot of sense. It was a, a lot of, a lot of in, in jest. Something serious, a joke. Something serious, a joke. But a lot of the things before I saw the special, I read on like articles, in articles. And when I saw it actually play out, 
uh, it was completely taken out of context. So, um, Shook, I'm going to ask you, the backlash from uh, Dave Chappelle's special, what do, you have, what do you have to say about that now? Because uh, Netflix kind of, they backed Dave Chappelle up, which is great. Freedom, mm-hmm. you know, freedom of speech. They, they backed him up, yeah. but they, they, um, a lot of the employees and like, uh, you know, trans community uh, people, um, they and their allies. Yeah, allies. Cause, too. Yeah, because you gotta yeah. say that because a lot of times it's like people speaking for others, mm-hmm. other people, and you know. I've I've said it before. I'm like sometimes I don't like it when certain people speak for the black community. I have like no business speaking for the black community because they're not part of it. Um, and sometimes it's really like the allies. But yeah, as 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 you go on, because I was just yeah. So you so basically, um, even though it's been a few weeks since it came out, mm-hmm. um, very popular because of certain uh, employees that uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh like 10 million viewers um it was tr- trending for a long time for uh, like weeks um but uh, about 10 days ago there was a proposed walkout uh from uh, sir, uh employees at netflix netflix is correct me if i'm wrong is it private or is it a um Stock market is it? Open, yeah, oh, the stock publicly market. traded. Oh, so it's a publicly traded thing. Okay, so that that's different. That's that's the thing we can talk about. Um, so there was a proposed walkout, uh, and then a couple of days ago, two two employees filed uh, a uh, class action lawsuit against Netflix for wrongful termination, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and Netflix, they, they, they're saying that um, they had nothing to do with what they were saying. Like, it had nothing to do with them being, like, trans or, you know, queer yeah. community. Yeah, because, but, like, you, yeah. like you said, there's a lot of times people see, like, the lead, but they don't read the entire story. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, a lot of organization or a lot of, like, different, like, media organizations were reporting it as big bold letters netflix employees netflix suspends employees after the controversy from dave Chappelle special and then netflix puts out is like no in actuality there was a meeting where um a higher level higher level employees were only supposed to be out and those employees didn't Re- didn't meet the classifications to um, be a part of that meeting, but attempted to enter the meeting regardless. I mean, which is fair. Like, that's just you getting suspended for what you aren't supposed to do. And then another situation was where um, I guess the employee was, you know, privy to um the accounting of netflix and release how much dave Chappelle and like his people were making off of the special and that was 
you know, privileged information that they put out out there. And, you know, if you do either one of those things, those are the type of things that meet discipline, disciplinary standards for any company, not just Netflix. But of course, a lot of people, you know, they they reported it in such a way to make it seem that they were being targeted because they spoke out against the thing. But it's like you could speak out, but you can't do these things. Like the, you know, I discussed it, you know, on a one, on you know, a couple of weeks ago, where the one employee, they said, "We're not, we didn't deal with that person because they spoke out on Twitter. That's her personal Twitter account. She could do with it what she will, you know, as you know, within reason." And they didn't have any problem with her speaking out. She's given that, you know, she she's using our platform to let her voice be heard and their response was well we're basically doing the same thing for dave Chappelle. if she could speak he could speak also like they both deserve the platform to speak and also um not on twitter but like you're they were using a uh, private server like they're using their mm-hmm. business or their the private company account or the, the email account so it's the same thing with facebook people think facebook is it, 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 these are like email um they're private companies you sign like a, a you know like a dis- disclosure yeah not a disclosure but just like a, a policy a terms term, you know terms they can do anything they want and people complain about how people like they sell their information that's it's a it's a company uh, um i always talk about private and um and it's like I, I detail you know, on my episode too, you know, um, you weren't here, but I said, you know, I was working for a company during, you know, a certain controversy, right? Mm-hmm. And I spoke my mind about it, but at least I had the wherewithal to, or at least common sense. Or... Yeah, the common sense to basically not, you know, you know, put at the company or, you know, at the company in it or whatever, whatever. Like this lady, like she put like at Netflix, I am an employee and I'm this and I'm that. And da, 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 da. as I said on that thing, I was like, that in of itself to me was like, you know, if you're silly enough to do something like that, perhaps you do deserve like disciplinary action because you're being blatant with it. But they said that's not the reason they dealt with her. They dealt with her for other things she did. Um, this is a good opportunity for me to something I've been thinking about uh, recently. Don't I don't want to cloud people's judgment based on like a movement uh, because we're all for everyone, you know. Um, but like policy is policy. Um, if you work at a place and you say and you uh, violate like a policy. Some people you have to follow. Sometimes you have to follow the, the the rules and stuff, and it's it's their right to. Okay, you um, you violated this, so we have to take action. Um, but then you take it to a whole thing where you're like, I'm fighting for everyone's rights and stuff like that. And then like then they look like assholes. They're like, okay. yeah, it's like oh, okay, all right, but then you completely discredit or discount Dave Chappelle's um, 
you know, the privilege, you know, or his right to have his own opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people, a lot of people, um, you know, I, I hate, I hate um, like taking sides. I always try to see both sides of things. Um, but a lot of people just sometimes if you say one thing, they'll immediately just discredit you and then be like, all right, you're a hundred percent wrong. You're out. Like, you know, um, and this is a kind of like, uh, one of the things that we've been talking about on our show for a long time. Uh, we had the episode about, uh, the, the minefield of comedy. Uh, I, I, I made a joke about, uh, they took one part of what Dave Chappelle said and people are like, that's not funny. And I'm like, no shit. It's a freaking setup. It's like, mm-hmm. it's a conversation, you know, what mm-hmm. he's having with the audience. Um, you have to watch the whole, uh, I mean, I don't, I know people feelings are hurt, but um, it's a conversation. Yeah. It was very personal, very, that was like one of the one of the specials or uh, sets, yeah. stand up specials or whatever you want to say, where it's not like the typical like set up joke, set up joke. It was a conversation. He was he was talking to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's diff- different degrees of uh, it was it's like a master class mm-hmm. of comedy. You say he says something. Let's say like. Uh, now and then like six minutes later is is like okay yeah. it's not just like 30 seconds 30 seconds 30 seconds it's it's a symphony of um being real yeah and being um hyperbole but the thing with that though is i don't like when like uh people say oh he was just kidding and who is a guy that people Always oh, said, "Oh, it's hyperbole." Yeah. Donald Trump, of course. So he he could say anything he wants. Oh no, he was kidding. He was he was on a joke. Yeah. Um, Where's the joke? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just kidding. No, but that's a politician, you know. That does a. But it I, it was very very much uh, organic and like natural. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, I, like it was okay in killing him softly because he was making fun of uh or not making fun of but he was talking about growing up like as a black man or black uh, black person everyone loved it yeah he changed the game and then out of nowhere it's like whoa okay you, you can do that but you can't talk about me though you know when yeah. it's about me no you can't do that everything else is dec- you know, you're discredited they're taking like little clips and just saying this is what they meant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You um, know what I mean? Yeah. No, but when I first watched it, one of the first, I watched it twice. So I watched mm-hmm. it the first time around and I was like watching it as a Dave fan. So I'm watching it and I enjoyed it from that level. Was it like the funniest shit ever? Does it come stand up to like the other, you know, stand ups? Probably not. But I thought it was good. So then the following couple of days, because I think it released on like Tuesday or Wednesday night, and all the stuff came out like around like Thursday and Friday. And 
you know, I started seeing these type of things and I was just like, well, all of these things people were saying about it, like I didn't get from it. But then I'm like, you know, they were talking about they're asking Netflix to pull it down. They're asking Netflix to pull it down. I know, like, you know, how reactionary today's, you know, the, the you know, today is. Like, he brought up, like, the baby. Like, people mm. wanted the baby out of here, and the baby was literally out oh. of here, like, within days. But then I'm like, okay, so this is definitely something we got to talk about on the show. So I'm like, I got to rewatch it now, and I got to rewatch it to take notes so obviously i'm re-watching it to take notes and you know in that state like i'm being subjective i'm not like watching like the first time as a day fan where i'm like i want to enjoy this so irregardless if it's a good or bad i'm like you're still gonna give it a chance i was you know viewing it as you know objectively because i'm taking into account a lot of the things that these people are like accusing him of of, of saying in a special and it's interesting because as i said they got the baby out of here mm. and i was like i gotta watch this i gotta watch it before they take it down and i, I rushed to watch it watch it in, in on saturday on our saturday and i watched it i took notes and you know you could see it in what i said when i talked about it and again, I just like a lot of the things they were saying, I didn't get from it. I'm like, I didn't on I didn't see where if you as an open-minded person was watching this for the entire hour and 10 minutes, I don't know how you're getting these things. Because to me personally, I feel like it was an invitation to start a conversation with that community to try to figure out what it is about the things that he's saying that upsets you or you feel like you know, causes this causes this distance between Dave Chappelle and the LGBT and the trans community. That's what I I took from it. Not only that, but a lot of people were like, "Oh, it 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 influences the the hate and violence towards the trans community." I'm like, bro, like I didn't want to like hate or beat up trans people when I watched it the first time, and I didn't want to hate or beat up trans people after the second one. As a matter of fact, like, even in this whole controversy, I'm still not, like, I don't see anybody from our com community as the enemy. As much as I don't like what they're doing, I don't see them as the enemy. So I'm just confused as to why, you know, people are saying not that's the case. On top of that, they're saying it's going to inspire violence. Like, as of next Thursday, it will have been out for a month and i haven't wow. seen any reports of like a hate crime or any type of violence being done to trans people that's a direct result oh man of this i haven't seen anybody say like yeah man i watched dave and i just felt this way you know i i went on all the different news articles or tweets from news organized from media and looked at all the comments saw people um against dave saw people for dave and it's crazy because to me like a lot of the right-wing people and a lot of the people last like protesting dave to me they're both in the same kind of boat because i feel like these people didn't watch the entire special and they're just going off of quotes on the right side it's just um the certain things that he says that they feel supports you know their right to be hateful and ignorant 
Mm-hmm. And on the other side, I feel like for the LGBT community and their allies that are like protesting and want Dave, you know, out of here, like they've only read certain quotes and lines from it that you know don't have any context like don't provide the context because i'm pretty sure like a, a sentence out of the thing that it takes five seconds to say to to read out you know the show was an hour and 10 minutes long i'm i don't understand how you could boil it down to like you know a paragraph or two i don't that that's that's a disconnect there so that's what i'm saying like those people are on all the side, you know, on opposite sides, but I feel like both of them have the same, have the same type of research into it. Where it's just like you're looking into certain things and just rolling with it to 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 fuel whatever your agenda is. And then there's people like me in the middle where I'm looking at it and mm-hmm. you know I like the special and I don't think that it should be taken down. I don't think it's doing the things that they say that it's doing. And then there's people in the middle who watch the special. And it was like, I don't like it. And uh, there's some of the things that he says in there that's like contradictory to the message he's trying to say. Um, so I've seen that. But the, the long and short of it is I'm seeing people on extreme opposite sides of it that kind of have the same amount of like research into it. And I feel like those people it's funny, have more in common than the people who just watched it at face value. And it's just whatever you took from it is what you took from it, which is what I did. I haven't, but I'm, I've been bummed out about that because um, I completely agree with you with the, the extreme, extreme sides. Uh, me trying to listen to both makes I feel like oh, I'm wrong for like trying to oh, but trying to reason with someone over here. But also, I want to. I'm on this side too, and it's like no, there's it's it's like the the minority voices is is you know they're screaming, and then like you know common common sense dudes like us were like we actually watched it, you know, mm-hmm. we broke it down, uh, we have context, we know his history. Um, then, like the other part about it is like I feel like in killing in instead of trying to kill the message, it's like you're trying to kill the messenger because they've said like a lot of shit in that thing about a lot of things, yeah, that are just my- totally being ignored. Like on my second watch, mm-hmm. like the first time I watched it, I felt like yeah, a good amount of like the special was him, like you know, talking about oh, I'm a turf and I'm mm-hmm. this, you know you know a lot of stuff about the, the the transgender and the lgbt community but then when i watched it on the second watch it's like he really only spent like seven minutes five to seven minutes talking about the the trans community like uh, so that means if like if, if it was only five to seven minutes i mean there was like an hour an hour and three minutes or an hour and five minutes where he's talking about a whole lot of other shit and all the odd stuff is being like ignored like i thought the stuff he said about the me too movement was significant I, did, yeah, I, I felt the, the stuff he was saying about how a lot of white people in the LGBT community weaponize, you know, their classification as a minority in order to, you know, use their white privilege against actual people of color and actual, you know, minorities. Um, I I was so I was so excited to talk about this uh, the, the the couple of weeks ago. I, I, I'm going back on my notes now. Yeah. The first like 15, 20 minutes 
uh, Dave Chappelle had funny, funny stuff, but it, he he talked about many things. He didn't his it wasn't an hour ten him just shitting on the LGBT you know community. Um, he did the again space Jews. He did a joke about um, I want to make a movie about and it was basically talking about Israel. Yeah, one okay. No one talks about that. He he should have he talked about Weinstein. No one talk, that's, that's the me too thing, you know. Um, the whole like, you know my body thing. So that's yeah. Um, the... He talked talk, talk about having COVID. Yeah. Um, and he he was basically saying, oh, I, there's a what's the quote? Like he he felt good. I don't know, but he talked about COVID. Uh, you, you can check out the the actual special and. Yeah, you said something about like you know, like the Asian community come out and oh yeah, get our him, but oh, his yeah, wife so- is Asian and his kids are they're the cells in their body are half Asian and half black. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff he was talking about. He said like funny stuff. Like I've been watching a lot of Patrice O'Neill stuff. Um, we did a great special on it, um, episode on him. But I've been going back and watching him on uh, the Opie and Anthony show. Mm-hmm. They're like conservative and everything. But he was like, he was like a real talk guy. And the, but they were able to find common ground. Italian dude, Long Island, talking to a Boston uh, black guy. They, they they found common ground, and they, they just like were like talking real, um, like the Mike Pence thing, sad gay. Like I know that's offense, you know, but that's funny to me. You know, it's like yeah. I mean, all I meant like that joke like, seemed being, a little being proud. I mean, it's, I, it's, that joke seemed a little like lazy, and it, it it's been yeah. overdone. But you know, yeah, I know that. And everything's and everything, you know. Um, but again, it's a setup hit. to it's the setup to the next thing where he's hyping up uh, people that I know I worked for. I worked at Stonewall. Um, I worked there. Um, Christopher Street, Stonewall. The, they had the, the, the riot or the riot, the protest, um, the gay pride thing. I work with those guys and women, people. Um, they, I don't know. Uh, it's, there's a conversation you can have. Uh, again, I don't want to speak for other you know, communities and everything. But um, he was being so over the top, talking about how hard it was to be like that, to, to be yourself then. Now it's like, oh, oh, great. You know, oh, you put a ribbon on. Oh, yeah. And he was like, man, I wish I was a glory, glory hole. And he said, you know, glory, like, you know, like back then when it was like hard, we're like, they would kill they would beat you in the street. There's stories I've heard. You couldn't go, you couldn't go to Christopher Street if you were straight. They would be the shed. They would fight you. There was a there was a, a prison there or a um, something where they had like like guards or whatever, and they were like kind of like the guardian angels, but they were like gay, whatever. And if you went in there, they would just like beat you up if you were like straight. Like no one talks about that. Like. You couldn't go. You couldn't go there back in the day. It was very, very uh, segregated. Um, but his point was, um, 
which is it's wrong it's like it's it's very uh it's it's sort of ignorant but like you have it easy now which i don't i don't agree with because people suffer from uh so much like anxiety from this um nerve it being like oh how, how am i gonna like tell everyone uh but his his point if you agree or not was basically he was going to the extreme of saying you would have to go into a room with a stranger in a hole like we all like we're all always science fans you know the glory hole and then now it's like oh you can go on like an app and like find you know meet someone and it's like it's normal it's more it's normalized I, mean, well, I, hate, well, I hate saying normalized i hate saying normalized i mean uh, well yeah. there are a lot of like homophobic people quote unquote homophobic people because they're probably like closeted uh, and it also speaks to what, what you're saying where they're like probably like closeted gay and not like um confident in their sexuality that go on like those you know like grinder and stuff like that and then flirt with gay guys and then like meet them and then attack them and uh worse even worse like kill them so i mean i wouldn't say like you know that part's like easy now so you know in that sense it still is a lot um it is still like an uphill climb for the Mm -hmm. gay community but uh, the my main my main point was like saying he used you know extremes comedies are uh, it's extreme like sam kennison you can't you, you cancel him because he hated his ex-wife ex-wives or whatever um if you read his jokes just read if you read them it's like this man hates women like you're like really, whoa that's terrible and you're like oh, he's homophobic like but a lot of it was like just over the top and if, if you go back to let's go back to what we're talking about david Chappelle. um you know, you know, it's an art form. It's not a, he's not in the, um, it wasn't the State of the Union address. It was a performance. Yeah. He has his opinion. You know, a lot of it is I, embellishing. And I, he addressed that, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. Let me cut you off. Um, the main thing I wrote down in my notes that I wanted to talk about was keep it Keep it in the comment section. This is real life. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. yeah. Like he said that to, to that woman. Yeah. She follows him. She sees him and follows him around like a shopping mall and goes to voice her displeasure to him. And he's like, well, like, you know, you have to like sign into Netflix and I like pick my movie in order to watch it. And or you'd have to buy a ticket to my show. Like those are conscious decisions you make. If you don't like me, you don't need to watch me. Um, and I think that's the point too. Like it's art. It's his art. Like you can't go like if a painting offends you. You know that's something you might take from it, but somebody else might say, "All right, I could see, I could see the pain in that that painting, and it's very." It's very well painted or whatever, you know. I don't know. I know art history major. Just the point I'm saying, like art is subjective and it's the same shit with sound up. Like what you take from it, other people might not take from it. Um and it's um, crazy when like these people are like saying that this is what is gonna happen from this. And I'm just like, 
me as a street person and I'm not part of our community, I understand where our community is coming from and a lot of the things that they're going through. But for you to 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 assume that a majority of us who aren't part of your community are going to take this special and come out of it like transphobic, homophobic or whatever kind of phobic and bigoted from it. And then when we watch it, it's like, nah, you know, a lot of the questions he have, a lot of the questions and the, the, the thoughts he has, you know, I also have. And, but, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know any trans people and I don't know many gay people where it's like, I could sit down and have that conversation. I'm open to having it. And I think that's what he was trying to express, where it's just like, I'm going to be out and open again, going back to how he ended the thing. He says, I'm not going to tell another joke about you unless I know that you're laughing with me. Like, I never see, like, it's interesting because I never mm. see that quote in any of the, the articles. I never see that quote. And it's literally the shit he drops the mic on. It's mm. literally the end of the show. I am not going to tell another joke about you unless I know that you're laughing with me. And what do they do? They want to argue with him. And the whole point of that is, he said, um, I got off the bus. Yeah, look, what, what was it? He gave a number. It was like 40 million. He was 50 million. Another, yeah. 50 million. Um, and he, when he realized that people were not laughing the way he thought, you know, man, you, go, you got to go back, man. This is, this is like really influential for me and you the, growing up. David Chappelle, like there, there's an episode of, um, what's his name? He passed away though, but... Um, it was right when his show on uh, Comedy Central started. Um, Phil Donahue. And he, like, he, like, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a, you know, white guy, whatever. He, he, like, spoke to me. Like, I was like, okay. You know, he, he spoke to me. Um, it's, a, it's, it's sad that, like, the questions that he brings up, um, it's like you you can't you can't bring it up if you're not like a if you're not like a trans person like oh you didn't live that experience i'm not a black man you know uh, i'm not from i'm not a black man from dc you know uh but i can i have relatable things i don't have to be the same thing you know i don't have to be the same uh you know you know what i'm saying right where it's like that's the whole point of stand-up comedy. It's like relating, like me, me and you, Shug. Like we, we, we talk. Like we have we have different backgrounds, different whatever, whatever. But we're like on the same page on a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, but it's sad that like there's such a huge gap, and I hate the word, but like tribalism, where it's like you're this or that. No, can't talk about this. You can't talk about that, but you can. Um, and it makes me feel sad because growing up, I was very, um, you know, I always, I always love to see like other people's point of views and stuff. But then I feel it's getting narrower and narrower where it's like, um, unless you know someone personally, uh, there's like a huge divide between a lot of people. And it, yeah. that, that makes me sad. Um, like a person he knew. Daphne. Daphne. You know, people are saying like, oh, he, he was trying to insinuate that like the LGBT community and the trans community like 
push her to kill herself. And I don't think that's the message like he was trying to convey, or that's not what I got from it. Mm-hmm. Again, everything I'm saying, I'm just saying what I, I took from it. Uh, it might not be um, the official verdict. It's just my understanding of it. And what I took from it was, like, he was just telling the story of how, like, here's this trans woman, and we, you know, saw each other as human beings through comedy because he was talking about how comedy is a trap. And even when we watch Patrice O'Neill and you hear comedians talk, and it's all of these different comedians. There's, like, a lot of comedians I, I like. There's a lot of comedians, like, a lot of comedians I like who are Black. And there's a lot of community, a lot of comedians that Mike likes who are like Irish white guys. But then you come to find out like all of them hung out together and um, mm-hmm. always talked and stuff like that. And it's like, and we, I, I showed that video of Patrice O'Neill when he was on like Fox News where he's just like, well, defending Opie Anthony is like, you know, you could, you're, you're stifling the attempt. Like, mm. if the joke's not funny, it's not funny. That's, you know, totally, you know, that's totally, like, subjective. But you can't stifle the attempt. And I'm pretty sure a lot of these guys would try out their material with each other. And if, like, somebody said something, like, that was offensive to, like, the black community, like, Patrice O'Dill would be like, yo, bro, like, I understand like the attempt, but the joke ain't funny. Like, come up with it, like, like mix it up a little bit. And likewise, like, if Patrice said something about white guys, they'd be like, Yeah, I get it, but it's like that's just only gonna, gonna go over with like black people. You gotta like change it up a little bit. Um, and it's interesting, like, through this whole thing, I thought that that's the first person I thought of Patrice O'Neill. I'm like, it's gonna sound messed up, but you're gonna get what I'm saying when I say it, which is like I'm he died at the right time because if he was alive today, like I don't know how yeah. his comedy would survive. And I, I, it was one of the things they said. It was just like he didn't wanna, you yeah. know. He could have did like the whole like, oh, I'm gonna have a sitcom on NBC, but it's just gonna be like PG 13 mm-hmm. Patrice O'Neill and not NC 17 Patrice O'Neill. I made Patrice O'Neill, Patrice O'Neill, but that's a story for another day. Anyways, if you're listening, check that out. It's um, episodes before, but I think that yeah. when he was talking about Daphne, like he was talking about how they related to each other on a human level. And I think that in in at the end of the day is where we should all be, where we're just we could all live together under the sun. We don't gotta like each other, but we gotta respect and accept each other as human beings. And that's what he did with her. And what happened was, and what he was trying to explain was things that the people in her community didn't like that he said in them prior specials. She understood and knew Dave on a personal level. So she understood where his jokes are coming from. And she was trying to at least suggest to her community, which was the LGBT and crime community, to give him a chance because as a trans person she knew where his heart was Mm. whereas all of these people they don't know dave from adam they just know that he's this person that says things that they don't like and they write him off completely and once she defended him their animosity siphoned from him onto her and he says i don't you know probably 
you know, the, 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 the hatred she faced as a trans woman coupled with the hatred she's facing from people who are supposed to be her community, you know, she kind of, she kind of felt like a woman of no nation and that drove her to her death. And he wasn't blaming anybody, but he was just, you know, expressing how, you know, just lack of understanding and a lack of, you know, trying to have like a dialogue could lead to these type of things. Um, I don't want to keep like going off the rails and everything, but uh, because I didn't get a chance to talk about it. Um, I want to it's an offshoot of of that, that what you're talking about now. Um, Sort of. Um, But it was a good point. It wasn't a joke, but it it was sort of just like a yeah, real talk, you know, just talking. All right. So What'd you think about, about um, him talking about uh, Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner, where everyone was like, okay, but um, Cassius Clay changed his name to Muhammad Ali was a, was a, the biggest fucking you know big deal, you know, like where that a lot of that stuff uh, is what hurt hurt people where it's like, you know, I grew up, you know, Bruce Jenner was like whatever, 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 and then talking about. Caitlyn Jenner is like now we all accept Caitlyn Jenner as Caitlyn Jenner, mm-hmm. but when when Cassius Clay changed his name to Muhammad Ali, you know, he, he was like almost going to go to jail and stuff, and like he was like a traitor to the you know um, that wasn't there, there was no joke. It was just that was a setup. That was just, if you want to say a setup, but it was just like facts. yeah, yeah, because I um I like touched on it yeah. a little bit before, but yeah, yeah I know. now that I think about it, it's like. Because he said it. He was like, you know, a lot of times when, you know, the LGBT community or trans community talk about their struggles, you know, as a black person, you kind of look at it like, okay, all of these companies got to um make sure they refer to you by the appropriate gender. I mean, the other day, like, now they got passports where you don't even have to put a gender on it. And they're getting all of these things done, which is great for them, which is if, if that's what they're fighting for and I makes their um Life makes them feel yeah makes them feel more of a part of society then that's great for them but at the same time like people are literally marching black people and our allies are marching and we're still trying to prove something that we've been trying to prove for like 400 years which is we're people we're human beings mm. and we deserve to live like so it does come off as disingenuous and he said he said that part he was like you know i said mm-hmm. three things y'all kind of stop talking about this shit in front of black people and of course that's something that, that is completely ignored because what do they do then oh there's a whole there's black gays there's black trans people so that's what the the white supremacists and those groups do you know you could be gay and racist like the the two are not exclusive oh uh my milo Milo, you know that guy, right? Yeah, I haven't heard from him in a while. Well, he's gone. Sure. He was banned. No, but, I, but, I had, but what I had they a... do is like they shield themselves with the blacks and the people of color in the in in the gay and trans community. Like, oh well, we can't do we like we can do no wrong because you know what about the black ones? Yeah, um, I had that written down, and then I also had. Um, 
another quote is what he said was, um, look, I uh, like, wow, look at this movement. You've done this in this short amount of time. I almost voted, like I was in high school when they, they banned gay marriage. Like, that's insane to me. Like, we were, it was in 2004, they said no. Obama didn't even say it until like 2010 that it was like, right? It wasn't like 2010 or 2011. It's only 10 years. 15, you know, it's crazy. Um, so he's like, people think it's a backhand, backhand comment, you know, a backhand um, compliment. Like, oh, oh, good for you. Like you, your movement is like, but look at our movement. Like exactly what you were saying, like for, you know, 500 years and everything. So um, I think that was like, thing, I think that's what like hurt, hurt. Again, I wish we could have a guest on and we could talk about it. Anyone who listens, you're part of the, you know, feel free to talk to us. I will have you on. I would love to have a conversation because you mentioned we told Patrice, Patrice O'Neill. You said, I like, um, you know, Irish white comics. Hey, I want to have a tough crowd here now. And, um, Shug, you, um, I always agree with you. And when we don't, uh, I always appreciate, you know, we, we have a good conversation and everything. Um, but I, I really want people to get involved in our converse, conversations because, um, I don't know. I think, I think, I think it's, it's, it's good. It's very, it's like a healthy, with our, you know, it's very thera- therapeutic. Yeah, but um, yeah. So the rebuttal, um, you know, he'd been. They had the walkout. I think last Thursday, and it was kind of like, you know, he's been kind of silent about it, basically. And then finally, I guess he did a show somewhere, and he posted it on his Instagram account. It's like five minutes long, and he just ad- addressed the whole controversy, I think, at length for the first time we got mm-hmm. to see him speak since the special. And, you know, he, he one of the things I thought of, because when they interviewed um, the organization, the, the organizers of the walkout, um, they said, oh, we invited him and he refused. And, you know, a lot of people were doing poor jur- journalism because they reported it as Dave Re- Dave Chappelle refused to meet with um protesters and in reality it's like how how did you try to how did you reach out to him was it just one of y'all like DMing him saying you better show up at Netflix on this day and this time so or did you go through like proper channels did you reach out to his publicists or his people and try to set up a date and time and stuff like that you know, those those type of things are important to elaborate on. But he said he did not refuse to meet at them. Mm. Um, and he, he said that people were painting it as him versus the LGBT community. And that's not the case. Um, the people that he knows from the LGBT and the trans community have been very, like, caring and understanding with him. Um and of course, I understand the oh, I, oh, I have a black friend type of way about this. And of course, like your friends are gonna defend you, but I mean, you know, they know him. Like it, there's people in our community that know him 
better than you know these people out of protesting. I mean, look at back when he did the show, Ask a Gay Guy. Yeah, a couple episodes where he had Mario Cantone coming on there, and like uh, as part of the show, it was it was it was funny. So, and I'm pretty sure he knew a lot of you know gay and lesbian comedians. Um, and then he talked about, but he said that you know it's not him versus the LGBT community; it's him versus corporate interests. And that's one of the things I thought of, where it's just like I hope they don't pull it off because you know a lot of these things that get pulled off the air and i'm just like why like you could just not watch it like why is it that you're taking that choice away from me like like i said the saturday afterwards when i wanted to watch it a second time i was like i had to i felt like i had to rush to watch it because i felt like you know due to like corporate interests who knows but he elaborated and said you know ted sarandos is like the only person the ceo of netflix that's like still letting him rock and understands like this is his art and he needs to be able to to perform um and then he talked about like the 846 documentary um if people remember it was like a very short special where um he talked about george floyd's murder um at the hands of um derek chauvin and the minnesota police and apparently that was just like the beginning, the, like the first show he did. And this was in the thick of the pandemic. Now, if you take that into context, like in the pandemic, we all remember like the first couple of months, especially around the time of George Floyd's death. Mm-hmm. We weren't able to meet up in mass um, or go to shows and see the, you know, stand up comedians had to do stand up from where we're doing our show which is basically from a, a behind a camera on Zoom. Um, but he felt the need to break out of that and mm. organize something because he felt it was very important for him to discuss George Floyd's death. Uh, murder. He wanted, he, he explicitly said murder because that's what it was. Um, and it was invited. And it was just, um, it, it, it ain't just like the special. He, several comedians, and several people, several people from the audience flew from all over the country and all over the world to his little town in connect in, in um in Ohio, um in a cornfield to watch these shows. And he wanted, you know, it was like an elaborate. If you remember his block party, but this one would have mm-hmm. been that movie. This one would have been a little bit more serious because we would have been talking about how he's trying to get this thing together during the pandemic and all the people that helped out, um, and just the community of it. And he just felt like it was a film for everybody to see. But due to, you know, of course, what we said, all of these quotes that have no context, you know, a lot of he he was invited to film festivals. He got disinvited to film festivals. You know, a lot of people was like, oh, here he goes whining about cancel culture. And it's like, nah, he's basically saying he had a message about several other things. And due to his one message, about this one thing him being able to send out this message about 846 he's not going to be able to do that because everything's still in flux because of this controversy and um i believe at some point it's going to be on netflix but he it was supposed to premiere at film festivals and he said all of these studios and movie companies 
and investors started backing out after the controversy. So I think that's what he was talking about with the corporate interests, where it's just like, I'm not against the LGBT community. I don't see the LGBT community as the enemy. What I'm against is corporate interests, where it's just like people could pick and choose what they don't want to hear um, or pick and choose for people what they do and don't want to hear and i i think i expressed that to you when it first happened where i'm just like okay so if they pull down his thing or they put a disclaimer in front of it saying this might be um controversial da, 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 viewer discretion all of that shit like is every single stand-up special with you know they're gonna have to run through with a fine-tooth comb like oh this might be offensive we can't show this shit this might be offensive. These this group might be offensive, so we can't show show this. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, you have to uh, a female comic from from the last thirty years. Anyone, to, uh, if you have a small penis, viewer discretion advised. <laughs> make make a you know I me. Mean? Great point though. Uh, I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, great points with that um, censoring. Oh, well, I agree with you with that. And then um. He went on to say in relation to him, his quote unquote alleged refusal to meet with them, he said, you will not summon me. I am not bending to anyone's demands, which is a bold statement. And a lot of people could take that as like, oh, he's using his, um, you know, he's he's a rich, wealthy, famous guy. So he's just, you know, throwing his weight around. But like. You know, if you watch when he was, um, I think it was, um, like a presidential. He reserved. He 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 won some kind of like congressional award, and he he did a speech, and it's just like he talked about how poor he was growing up. You know, and it was a speech. It's much like the the closet where it's like he's talking to you, but he, you know, just off of reflex, it comes off as like humorous because you know he's a comedian, so when he talks, he's gonna have a punchline or two. But he talked about like none of these people weren't always rich. Um, and it's true, like it, he he says you will not be he will he will not be summoned, meaning like you can't just say, All right, well, Dave, like we don't like this shit, and you're gonna have to explain it. It's like, nah, I explained it in the special. If you watch the whole special, I explained everything I said. I said what I said. But the thing is, you guys didn't watch. And it's funny because mm. I went in the comments on all these different sites and articles about it. One of the comments, every, like, I should you not, make 80% of the people who were like, I hate Dave Chappelle. He's unfunny. He's this and he's that. And people replying to them was like, did you watch it? No, I never watched it. I would never watch it. I was just like, so then what are you basing your opinion on? And it's so sad. Yeah, they're exactly the same as the people that they make fun of on like the on Facebook, like the weird conspiracy, uh, uh, you know, like MAGA people. It, it's like I feel like it's the same thing because you don't even actually listen. There's no discourse. It's 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 sad. It's not a chance to. Um, there's no chance to have a conversation. Yeah, it's just. It's 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 sad. Um, yeah. We're changing that though. We're gonna change it. But um, I, I, you know, I'm glad I was able to bring up uh, more of um, what I had my old notes, uh, not on the rebuttal, but just basically um, my initial reaction to the special because 
just in general, there's no there's, there's no specials anymore. You know, there's no, you know, you would have like a everyone would have like a special every year, and you would have you'd work it out. Um, Dave Chappelle, um, I'm sure he worked it worked it out at clubs and everything, but he did he went a different route. He did the whole thing in his town in Ohio. Um, he talked about his town um, in the special. He talked about it. Uh, it's, it's it's an interesting story. Where you know he's like, how much? How many people were out of work? Okay, no more no more identity politics and all that other stuff. He talked about it in his special, the the one from last year. Um, waitresses, waiters, bartenders, out of work. Um, we both come from a similar background with the with the retail and like service. Things closed. People have a short memory. Uh, I don't want to be mean. I don't. But people are. I, I understand people are having a rough time. We all are. But people just forgot how people. How many people lost work because. Mm-hmm everything got shut down he was able to do his special and get these people to work basically like a drive-in but instead of working at like a restaurant or like a, a bar or whatever they worked there no one talked about that no one's talking yeah. about that you know well nobody's gonna hear about it no because I'm not support, and everybody's like, "Oh, he's talking about like he's crying about being his show not his documentary not being released." And I was like, "Yeah, because he's trying to he he had a message to send, and then something you in particular didn't care for, like that's what the that's what Patrice said on our Fox News thing. He was like, the lady's like, it's not funny, and he's like, to you, it's not funny yeah. to you, uh, but." You know, like like we said, people who didn't watch it. So he made three. He said he's willing to meet with, you know, with the LGBT and the trans community, or at least their leaders. But he made three demands. The last of which, the last of which he actually pissed me off with. And I'll tell you why at the end. And we're on this whole thing. First one, you cannot come if you have not watched the closer from beginning to end. And as we've said numerous times in this special, in this segment, a lot of people were talk, have been talking about this show that simply did not watch. They and and as we've seen with quote unquote cancel culture, you know, a lot of these people don't fuck with the people that's being canceled to begin with. So um, everybody loves to join a lynch mob and loves to join like the you know get their picture. Oof. Pitchforks and torches out. They, Whoa. you know, it, Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, of, just like Frankenstein. So, <laughs> and I, right. yo, Frankenstein, right. Frankenstein didn't even like throw your daughter in the in the water in 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 the lake. You know what I'm saying? But you know what? Oh, I hate the, that guy. Yeah, the monster. But that's the point. Great A lot point. of these people have these issues and they didn't watch it. And that's what I'm saying. Like I'm in the middle of. You know the right wing people that's mm. you know loving it or or supporting Dave only because he's pushing their message or he's supposedly pushing his their message because things that he's saying can easily be taken out of context to support what they're saying and the other side the things that he said the little quotes 
they push they went out of context it pushes their narrative that oh uh these straight men especially the black ones they hate lgbt people and trans people and it pushes their narrative so that's why he said you got to watch it from beginning to end because if we're going to have a conversation i gotta know that you were listening to what i was saying and then you could we could have a discussion about what you liked and what you didn't like and the second one was it would be at a time and place of his choosing right which makes sense because going back to what he said he will not be summoned i don't i don't like the idea you know like yeah you better show up like and if you don't show up it proves that you know you don't care um yeah the whole thing with like i I, i'm so excited i'm glad you brought the whole thing with like oh like bringing up the whole like right and left because I get in a wormhole or whatever the word is, um, rabbit hole with uh, right right wing stuff and like left wing stuff, and it's like it sounds the same to me. And I get like I get in fights like my with uh, one of my heroes, my father. Mm-hmm. He um, he's like annoyed at me because like, I bring up something. I'm like, that was someone said, um, but no, you can't just like shut everything down. Like some people have good points. And I feel like it's like this, this, and then like th- like us right here, like like in the middle. It's like common sense stuff. Like we're thinking about it. It's been. It, it, it's not just the Dave Chappelle. It's like a lot of things. Um, I, I on many episodes I've talked about it where um, you know we talk about Patrice O'Neill and everything. You know Colin Quinn. That's my guy. All right, I it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, like it's so you know funny. what I mean. Yeah, okay, like, I get it. It's, like, it's so... I can't say. Yeah, yeah, if I say something about whatever, oh, Michael's. You know, he's. Oh, yeah, it's Michael. like it's so many thoughts of it. It's so many thoughts about it that it's like hard to articulate. And mm, yeah. then when it comes out, it's like, oh yeah, that's offensive. And I'm like, you know, and perhaps that's that's the issue with what Dave said, where he's he was trying to express a certain point. A certain, a certain message and it just to the untrained ear it could be taken wrong you know what i'm saying like you know but be- between us like you know the other day we are like a little back and forth because oh i had no idea yeah it, yeah uh, and i was like you know like Chuck, Chuck, I, I, I tweeted something everything. yeah yeah, yeah I, I tweeted no something and then you know when you responded to it, it I, I think like you thought of like something else yeah, and then right. it made me think about my original joke, and I was like, I'm glad everybody knows what I'm talking about because if if like nobody knew what I was talking about, like that original joke would be offensive, you know. I no, like um exactly like um if you're not in the know, yeah. I had no idea. I was just uh, yeah, and I was just I, like, show I, I love you and everything, but like. I was like, oh shit. And I was like nervous. I was like, oh yeah. man, I didn't mean to offend. But um Yeah, you know, I, that's why I was like, life, I had to like heart, yeah, 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 I had to like distance myself from it because I'm like, okay, now next thing you know, it's like <laughs> grand opening, grand closing for Shoot Me the Mooney. No, 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 yeah. no. Oh no. Well, uh, uh the highs and lows, uh, hey, New York Giant fans, highs and lows. We, yeah. we we stick together. No, but um and, and yeah, that that's the whole that's the whole thing with that um hit or miss yeah sometimes 
it's a miss. Yeah. And when it's a hit, you know, like, oh, all right, everyone likes it. It's never ill intent. With Dave Chappelle, he took the opportunity. He, he devoted time to talk, to address them, the people that he, th- he thought he offended. Mm-hmm. And they, they, you know, they just like say, fuck you. Like, mm. he could have just talked about anything else. Like, all, all his other specials was classic and, was, and everything. Um, back in the day, like it was about him growing up, living in DC and everything, and it was all hyperbole, like it was all jokes and stuff. But now he is considered like gospel, and that's the whole thing. Comedy gets you through the day, you bullshit with your buddy. I bullshit with my buddy at work. We're from different things, you know, different backgrounds and everything. Well, we, we we connect. The only thing that people would label me as like, oh, he's like, oh, cancel Michael is um I didn't mean to say it like that, but like cancel Michael is like I can talk about someone else or I can like have my opinion on it. it it's not a documentary, you know, it's sometimes it's you know, it's like it's like fiction, it's like stories and it's like my opinion my experience i don't i don't i don't want to hurt anyone's feelings i i'm very sensitive i have mental mental health issues and everything if people make fun of people uh like me you know uh so, you know I, i'm not going to be like cancel them uh of course i'm in a different you know different uh situation uh, from other people but sure now his last point which upsets me was um he says like they have they have to admit they must admit that hannah gatsby is not funny and who is this woman yeah it pissed me off because um you know unlike a lot of people that are against him i said to myself okay he's saying this person is not funny so i'm not the person i was gonna be like oh dave Chappelle says she's not funny like so she's not funny i said all right let me see like what about like let me see watch her videos and like see what she's about and i gotta tell you like she really isn't like funny at all um and what i'm upset at is like now that i looked up her videos when i go on youtube now like they pop up in my like suggested videos now so i'm like i gotta get away um (laughs) it's like um what do you call it um what's that movie about, about vietnam uh with uh marlon brando oh, 17 uh apocalypse now apocalypse now it's like the algorithm <laughs> the algorithm instead of uh the horror yeah so you know she's like a insult like not an insult um like a self-deprecating commute um comedian but you know, my favorite, one of my favorite comedians outside of like Dave and Eddie Murphy and Chris Rock is Rodney Dangerfield, who's like the goat when it comes to self-deprecating comedy, him and like Don Rickles. But, you know, whereas like when they told jokes, it was like, but um, Hannah Gatsby, when she tells jokes, it sounds like uh, it should have that womp, womp, womp uh, at the end of it. Oh, uh, because she just tells, yeah, she like tells jokes like, 
Uh, you know, uh, you know, unfortunately, I'm like a lesbian, but I have childbearing hips. And uh, the, 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 the crowd like, has like this nervous like laughs of like. <laughs> yeah, but I was just like, I have to check, check her out um, to see if she was really not funny um, and do my own research. So I, I went and uh, watched like, you know, like two or three of her comedy. I couldn't do any more to myself. She really isn't funny, but I guess like his his issue with her is that she um had a lot of like con- I guess she was one of the people I spoke out against him and his style of comedy in relation to the closer and you know he uh, he ain't lying at least they, like that was like one part he I I could say like she wasn't funny and like people was like putting up like the Rotten Tomato scores of like the closer and I guess like her special that she had on Netflix. And you know how, like, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's, like, the Rotten Tomato score and then the audience score. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, the Rotten Tomato score is, like, their critics. You know what I'm saying? Like, a group of people. Whereas, like, the audience is, like, us. Like, just random people was just, like, yeah, this is it. What, yeah. what do you rate it? And, like, his audience score for, like, the closer was, like, 80-something. And his Rotten Tomato score was, like really really low like 60 or something like that and then her like audience score her rotten tomato score for her special was like 90 but the audience score was like like six so yeah it's like yeah well it's like uh uh of course uh, i'm i'm world famous for the uh he's gonna puke so it's like the indie darling, like where, oh yeah, oh my God, let's 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 applaud this, and then like no one else is into it, but mm-hmm. like the uh, people with the, you know the monocle uh, emoji, you know, like they love it, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I get it, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's annoying. Well, and you know, the last thing he said in the special was that um, what he's gonna do is take the documentary on the road while he's doing shows, and he's gonna have some of his um comedian friends you know obviously it's going to be people that we know um going on the road with him 10 cities and he's going to show the documentary so it's going to be showing the people so i think like his overall point wasn't belly aching about uh being you know his documentary being canceled i think he was letting it be known that they tried to shut this thing down but he still he still feels like it's important enough that it needs to be seen and let his you know let his audience decide whether or not it needs to be you know shown in these film festivals or, or if he was wrongly um ostracized by them so if you look on his website his tour it got the 10 cities the last one is new york i wish i was rich and privileged enough to be how much money is it how much money is it uh, no idea. Oh, i would love i wish we could do a Oh, Mike and the Mad Dog uh, at the uh, in front of it. Hey, here it comes what's his name? You know, you know. But um, yeah. I mean, it's it's a beautiful art form. It's it, it takes such um again. I don't want to say balls, but it, it it's so um. Vul- you're so vulnerable just to stand up in front of people, you know, literally stand up in front of people and just like talk. Yeah. Um, I used to fucking I used to get I used to throw up get sick you know when i do like a book report in front of this class and stuff and i would be shaking and stuff and then at one point i said fuck it you know like 
embrace it. And then that's, you know, I, I always use stand-up people, uh, stand-up comedians as like my like heroes and stuff. All my old people I look up to, you know, stand-up, rock stars, wrestlers, eh, they're not the, you know, they're not like, you know, they ain't saints. Um, Dave Chappelle, he grew up in the business. He was like 19. He had a sitcom deal. He knows what he's talking about. He's been in the biz. You know, he's been, he, he knows the, the inner workings of everything. Uh, you know, I, 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 I know what he's talking about. That's why sometimes you got to bail. He bailed. He left money on the table. Sometimes you got to just like take care of yourself. Uh, and a lot of people follow trends. And even the, we're talking about like celebrities, of course. Me and you were just talking like you know, about the celebrity and stuff. In real life, everyday life, uh, sometimes you just got to be yourself. Um, Dave Chappelle, he never compromised. He, he's he's a he, he's he's himself. He never compromised. That's how I, I ended with that. No. He always he always he was always straight up. All right, award of the week this week goes to God. Yeah, co-recipients which are ice cube and nyc workers who are both uh leaving work due to uh vaccine mandates um and i'm giving them an award for proving that they aren't being forced to be vaccinated because they're willingly leaving money and i think when you leave money on the table you're making um conscious choice to do so i mean we just talked about dave chappelle dave chappelle left 50 million dollars on the table um from comedy central to continue doing the chappelle show because he felt like the show was moving in a direction where um he didn't like it and 50 million dollars in like 2004 is like basically like 75 million dollars today probably i don't know don't quote me on that um but ice cube he was filming a movie with Jack Black for Sony Pictures, and they mandated that um, people be vaccinated. And he was going to be paid $9 million. So in leaving the movie, he left $9 million on the table. And obviously, you know, it's your body, your choice. You know, nobody, nobody's, like, grabbing you out your house and making you get the shots or whatever, whatever. Then you got the NYC workers who the other day, they marched over the Brooklyn Bridge um, in protest because I think Friday, yesterday or Thursday was the last day where they had to be vaccinated or face um, unpaid leave from work. And this covers like, you know, teachers, police, firefighters and sanitation workers sanitation workers right now are like 67 percent vaccinated so shout out to the 60 67 percent of you who are vaccinated but the 33 percent they kind of like uh flabbergast me because like you don't mind dealing with garbage and smelling like garbage for a living but you won't get a shot 
like that's where you draw the line. Like I'm confused by that. Um, and hopefully I don't offend any of the sanitation workers that are watching this. Like shout out to y'all, but more so the ones who are vaccinated because you are, you know, an unsung hero in society. I just want not to be be known. Um, and then you got policemen and firemen, and I'm thinking like, why did you become a policeman or a fireman if you're not, if if it wasn't your um it wasn't your desire to save lives because i mean like if you're a firefighter like if there is like a thick ass door preventing you from stopping a fire like you don't say all right well there's nothing i could do here um so why are you drawing the line with getting vaccinated you know something not nearly three quarters of the country have already gotten one at least one dose of the vaccine like why would you let that stop you from doing your job like if you're really that concerned of you know long call times and you know possibly people dying from being helped you know go and get the shot and then police officers the other day i seen like a video where you know, it's known that a lot of the officers, they're not being vaccinated. And obviously, as a police officer, you interact and get into the personal space of a lot of people. And a lot of these people aren't even wearing masks. So there was like a video on a subway where um, like two police officers like pull a dude off the train because he's asking them why they're not wearing masks and they kick him out of the subway station. You know, it's a really, really bad look all around. But I'm going to say shout out to the and also the teachers like you're you're really going to you're already getting screwed in more ways than none but you're you're also going to um deprave deprive like children from learning um and your expertise in teaching by not getting the vaccine like that makes no sense to me at all but shout out as we always do when we talk about vaccination here, shout out to all the people in these various lines of work that are out, you know, went out and got the vaccination and didn't use that to prevent them from doing their job. Um, shout out to all of y'all. Um, but Ice Cube, that, that, that thing shocked me. You know, Ice Cube, I'm a big fan of, like, as an actor, filmmaker, um, you know, rapper, you know, it's interesting. It's like F the police and he's literally doing something that a majority of the police are doing, um, yeah. which is not getting vaccinated. Um, my uh, final thoughts is a shout out to uh, Artie Lang. Uh, one of our first outings, me and Shog, when we hung out, uh, it was supposed to be a Artie Lang show. Um, and I had the uh, gumption. I had the uh, husba. To, to go from 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. different parties, uh, barbecues and stuff, and or you know shows, and then um, see see Arnie Lang. Um, when I got there, I literally ran into Arnie Lang, and he was like, "I'm out of here, man." I was like, "Oh, you're doing another show?" And he's like, "No, we're done." And then, luckily, a couple months later, we. Um, we got front row seats and we at the uh, Gotham Comedy Club. We saw uh, Artie Lang uh, and Craig Gass. Um, Craig Gass is a local New York guy too. He's from Mount Vernon and uh, Riverdale. Interesting story. They're both in recovery. 
Um, I just wish the best, wish the best for uh, Artie Lang. Um, I, 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 I truly believe it's, which you'll see, guy. You, you'll see the video for it for the Norm McDonald. Uh, that got him back because it's been about a, uh, like six weeks. I think uh, Artie, Artie Lang's back because of uh, the Norm McDonald uh, passing away. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of like Artie Lang's like actual stand up. I always liked him on, um, on, on Howard Stern, like he was quick. Um, so we'll, we'll see what about that. I just wanted to bring that up because. Uh, we've we've talked about it before um scary movies that aren't considered horror movies i chose 12 monkeys because it's based on potential like like it could happen um and it's very scary like you know we actually saw dolphins we saw dolphins in uh new york harbor uh, because no one was, there was like less, um, less ships and like, you know, everything was like, everyone was in lockdown. So like they had like more wildlife come, come back. Uh, and it's like, it's just like, Hey, nature is going to come back. You know, it's, it, it'll take over. Um, there is a overpopulation of deer. I mean, I love, I love seeing them. Um, by you, I see deer. By me, I see deer, and they are like, hey, look, literally on the street, like, like in like a, not, I'm not saying like in like on like a highway or whatever, like in the street, there's like deer and stuff. It's like the show Leftovers. It's like getting crazy. So I picked twelve monkeys because, if you know, it's very realistic that like one thing could just alter, you know, like civilization. Which you know has happened before. Uh, David Chappelle, watch the whole special, please, everyone. Then say, then then have your opinion. I'm not, I'm not um, forcing. Uh, I'm just saying. You know, watch it first. Then it's not a knee jerk reaction, because people just look up one thing and they're like, and they're like texting right away, and that's like the epitome of um the 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 ills of social media the good things about social media is shrink me the Mooney on instagram twitter all that youtube um we think things out long term um but um a lot of knee-jerk reaction re- reactionary um like i look at something about some guy from like whatever whatever and i i say something then imagine if that like gets like sent out to every you know like oh i like i know what i'm talking about have a have a conversation with everyone um despite um your differences and uh, political differences and everything i think dave Chappelle um also needs to don't uh, just stick to stick to it you know there's a lot. There's there's not a lot of people left that you can like. All right, I'll buckle for uh, corporate. I'm not even talking about like. Uh, I'm not even. Uh, don't say anything about sexual or 
queer stuff just corporation like he he's he's doing he's not saying apologizing i'm sorry uh, you know i apologize for this we talked about this with tommy dreamer he's like i'm sorry whatever and then now he's back he's back now so dave Chappelle been in the in the industry for 30 years i i i side with i don't side with him but i'm not Chappelle. He's a voice uh, that influenced the people that are criticizing him, which is crazy. Chuck. Yeah. Um. So, my final thoughts. When I heard about like the proposed walkout, and then its actual um happenings, I started thinking about all the other like different um workers strikes and protests have been going on around the country um i think if you've been checking out social media like frito-lay like their factories or like and their um labor practices are like like virtually like inhumane um and then one of the big things going on right now is the strike with the film workers like the, the film crew workers like their union they're on strike right now and, you know, I thought of, like, that Netflix walkout. I'm just like, you know, these people probably, you know, walking downstairs, you know, out of their air-conditioned office, uh, taking to the streets, and then do that for, like, a whole hour and then go right back into their, like, um offices, air-conditioned offices, and sitting at their cushy desk and, and stuff like that. You know, I understand, like, you got to get your voice heard, and, and I enjoy, like, the conversation that came from it. Obviously, there's not a whole bunch I agree with, but I do understand, um, you know, voicing um, their issues with him and a special. But I just thought about, like, these other things, because, you know, they talked about, like, the violence and the hatred that could come from the special. And, you know, a lot of the hate that I've seen, like, it was towards, like, people on the left liberals and democrats and i'm like a democrat so and i'm not like agreeing with that side so i don't understand why i was catching strays but what i really didn't see and i'm i'm glad i didn't see which was a lot of like you know hate and very like um you know nasty language and slurs and stuff like that being used towards like the lgbt and and trans community so that's what i was about to see but you know i thought about like actual you know workers demonstrations that um you know about to me like real like life and death things like you you know the the thing the the film workers were striking about were you know safe work conditions and wages and and stuff like that like things that actually have like an effect on life and unfortunately one of the things that's been in the news because of the um film workers strike uh this movie russ with alec baldwin where um the cinematographer helena hutchins lost her life because she was shot with a straight bullet and the thing that came out or part of it that, that hasn't really been, you know, said out loud because obviously a lot of these media companies, they have interest in the film industry. So they wouldn't want to put out a lot of information out there that would, you know, um, 
be in support of these labor unions. Um, that's working on films that they probably are on financing. But one of the things was that, you know, the check-in of prop guns is usually done by like 80s and um, people who've worked on movies before. So it doesn't happen because as you've seen, the one name that's being brought up is Brandon Lee. Um, ironically, his name was brought up in that same weeks, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood um, video that we did. And that was like 30 years ago, almost. So it's very rare that on a film set, like prop guns uh, go off and kill somebody or somebody's harmed. Um, but it could be a result of the fact that, you know, they didn't have actual uh, union um, members working on our set that would actually know what to look for in a gun to make sure that nobody gets harmed. And I was just really saddened by Helena Hutchins because first thing I did, I went on her uh, IMDb page to see if like anything I've seen she worked on. And she worked on a lot of like indie stuff and a lot of um, short films and stuff like that. And it seemed like Russ was going to be like her first big, big movie. And uh, it's just unfortunate that, it, you know, it's, it's, it's the last thing she got to work on. So my prayers, thoughts and prayers are with her family. Um, you know, of course, keep keep an eye out for all our um, videos that come out. Um, this coming week will be the final uh, part of our Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, part four is already out if you haven't checked that out already. And of course, we got our playlist. So if you want to watch all of them in order, which I plan to do, even though I did them. I'm going to do them when once they're all out, I'm going to watch all of them in a row because, you know, I, I really had a lot of fun doing it when we did our segments. And I had fun doing it, um, editing them. And then next week, we're going to have the um, John Hughes that we did um, this past week. That's going to be coming out. And, you know, follow us on social media, as Mike said, at Shugmi the Mooney, Twitter and Instagram and the YouTube channel, if I didn't mention it. Shook me the Mooney channel on um on YouTube. Just gotta drop top that type that in the sports in the in the search bar. I was gonna say sports bar. I'm ready to get ready uh to watch the Nick game and have some beers. I've already got one foot out of the door. But as always, this has been episode 74 of Shook Me the Mooney. Shook me the Mooney. Shook me the Mooney. Shug me the Mooney.